0: hey everybody it's august 8th i'm ed carbajal for mmanews.com and this is your sunday submission for after ufc 265 um if you uh follow this video and check out mmanews.com's youtube channel please make sure you click the thumbs up bell notification and subscribe to the channel for videos like this and uh our fighter interviews where we've had a v- interviews with a lot of the competitor, a couple of the competitors uh, from UFC uh, 265, including Michael Chiesa, Rafael Fiziev, and I know James Lynch, who does the, the interviews for us, gets uh, has got spoken to Cyril Gan in, in the past. Cyril Gan, which is supposed to be the appropriate way to pronounce his name. I forgot the guy that got that out of there, but you know, shout out to him on Twitter. All credit to whoever that dude's name I'm forgetting is. <laughs> um, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Car basil I usually stream this there as I record it before I upload to MMAnews.com YouTube channel, just in case anybody wants to chime in, um, you know, about the fights that we're going to talk about. So UFC 265, it was a big one. Uh, we might as well just jump right into it. The, uh, let me share the uh, link up here. So if you, uh, if you remember last week Um, I I can't really play the highlights and stuff for you because then we get hit with a copyright, whatever, from the YouTube algorithm. Um, But let me bring this up for you because uh, there's a lot to talk about. We already have a lot of content flooding up on MMAnews.com. Just reactions and on top of the results. Um, I wrote my seven takeaways piece. This was a rough night for me, by the way, because I was also doing for another outlet uh, the live results for Sean Merriman's um had his MMA promotion brings bring uh fights back to Cali last night. Um you know, they California has had an interesting couple of weekends with Cage Warriors there last Sunday which I know I mentioned last week on mmanews.com. Um who's going to be coming there. So if you have a Fight Pass account, um check out Cage Warriors. That's where the, they found Conor McGregor, so they're going to be coming to UK promotion but they're gonna be coming to um uh I forget where that where they held the event in California uh last Sunday at Cage Warriors, but they're gonna be coming back in o- October. And uh they said they were gonna be doing about Angela Hill did commentary on that show, who fought last night also at UFC two sixty five. And um they're gonna be coming back. I think he said they're gonna shoot for six times in a year, you know, permitting with COVID and all that stuff. So that's that's good for because it looks like their their goal is to uh, rack up a bunch of U.S. fighters to fight the U.K. fighters once uh, folks can start traveling again. So it's nice that they're starting that now, not just to get the fan base, but to you know kind of start stirring the pot and hyping that up for folks that are fans of of uh, you know MMA on both sides of the globe. Mm. But enough about that. Uh, UFC two sixty five. Um, Let's look at the results really quick just because there's so much to take away especially first I, I gotta say before we even get into this I'll get out of here freaking ad <laughs> I know that's how the money gets made but it's goddamn annoying um before we even get into it uh <clears throat> I have to say when when I, when uh, we lost the Nunez fight um uh the Juliana Penyon and Nunez. I, I I was uh, kind of like this wasn't really on my radar, and then I kind of had to pull back on it as the fight as the night went on because I was like, uh, let me put the screen is messed up. Um, as the night went on, and I'm, I'm watching the fights. You know, we got a lot of great fights out of this event, and uh, I was. Watching two screens, but as, as I was watching UFC 265, you know, like uh, the fight with uh Song Yadong's fight and Rafael Fiziev and Bobby Green for me was fight of the night. I know, I know Fiziev got a bonus, but I don't remember if they both got uh fight of the night bonus. I gotta close this window apparently and, and reload the damn screen. Um. <clears throat> But I don't know if, um I don't think they both got a bonus because Dana White's at the post-fight press conference, he wound up giving out bonuses, the bonuses, Cyril Gun I want to make sure I say his name right because uh, I know that's been a thing with, I, and I mess up fighters' names, not as often as, as Matt Hawkins does, my podcast co-host, but I mess up fighters' names fairly often. Uh, I think we all do. Combat sports probably because of the global pot that they pull fighters from. Um you know it's probably hard to see a lot of fighters name all right so it looks like i got this working again so let me do this again just to get the results up for you from mmanews.com so we could scroll through them together and here we go um because there's a lot there was so many great fights um again i you can check out this page you, if i scroll up you'll see that we have a lot of the highlights on there I don't want to press play on them because of the whole thing with the copyright that I mentioned from a couple of weeks ago, but there's a lot, there was a lot of great highlights. Um, I guess we'll start off with the main event. I know I was talking about how we, when we lost the the Amanda Nunes, Pena fight that I was a little bothered by it, but as the fights went on and as I was watching this fight and now we see what happens afterwards, by now you already knows Cedal Gunn defeated uh, Derek Lewis and um, with TKO in round three. And, The, um, just looking ahead, you know, when you look in combat sports at, at the heavyweights fighting in combat sports, baddest man on the planet is always the heavyweight division and the man that holds the titles there. You know, I mean, I know there's various heavyweight champions in MMA and they can't fight each other yet. Hopefully in the future, that's a thing. But, um, the, uh, you know, the UFC heavyweight champion is always viewed as the baddest man on the planet. Even... Casual ESPN MMA reporter Max Kellerman has has commented on that because uh, you know back in the day I've I've said this before back in the day it was boxing and as combat sports evolved as as a medium for folks to compete in and watch um, you know it's moved over to MMA because their the rule set is closest to a, a real fight as close to a real fight as it's going to get that was a UFC slogan back in the day shout out to uh, Campbell McLaren I think he's the man that coined that of uh combate global whose whose ratings kill every weekend if you don't know by now um but anyway the uh this interim situation you know i even wrote about it on the seven takeaways piece because they let me have a little freedom here at mmanews.com when i write some stuff um i wasn't really like uh, we all didn't like the whole picture of the interim title fights interim titles in general are are you know something that we kind of like are really another one, especially when it's with the UFC. We're kind of we always kind of scoff at it and be like, "Oh, really, another one, another intern? Why are we doing it this time?" You know, because you know tournaments would be nice. Everyone likes to to tune into a tournament. It keeps it, you know the bracket and everything. Look at the Olympics that that are on right now. It's it's all tournament based, and and um Bellator's figured that out. The PFL seems to figure that out. And as as popular and successful as the UFC model has been, folks seem to. You know, maybe we're getting tired of it as uh, fight fans that have been following for a while, but you know, that, that they already had the UFC already has our, our eyeballs and our attention and our money. So they, they, they're looking to grab the new fans. And if this is new to, to newer fight fans, then you know this this is what it's all about. So now we have this interim title fight, interim champion in gun, and um, you know, he's going to be facing Francis Nganu. I think Brett Okamoto put out a video of, of them sparring together and um, it's short. So it's hard to assess from a short clip of a sparring session. But um, if that's the fight we have to look forward to UFC 265 wasn't really like something that I, I got into. And and now that it's over and we have this clear cut uh, fight ahead of us, uh, I'm, I'm glad I watched it and I'm glad it happened. And I can't, Like Dana White at the post-fight press conference, I couldn't be more hyped to watch the the fight. There was shadows of Engano Lewis uh, when I was watching, you know, as this fight was going on because everybody, you know, it it was Derek Lewis's hometown. I actually had uh, a parlay with uh, Lewis and Hill. It was like a plus-six-something if Angela Hill and Derek Lewis won. And, of course, that didn't pay out for me because, you know, that's just uh, the luck of... Eddie Carbajal. <laughs> but, um, I, uh, somebody put up a stat that Derek Lewis was, uh, undefeated in, in Texas. And I was like, okay, I mean, you know, that, that fueled me to, and I, I thought we, leading up to it, you know, with Lewis getting in his face and stuff like that, I mean, yo, every, all these fighters have whatever, do whatever they have to do mentally to get in fight mode to, to get ready to give and receive violence to one another. But, uh, this fight in particular i was um as as w- it was happening i re- initially officially if you look at mmanews.com the staff predictions and the ones i submitted at Sure dog i think ben duffy got him up i don't know if he did but they better be up on there because i was right about this one officially even though i put my money on lewis because of the underdog thing but um uh, I saw, I saw a gun winning by decision just because of his, of everything we saw. But um I really didn't think about how, you know, attacking the midsection of Lewis is something that uh, his losses have come from fighters in the past, just trying to play on the cardio and all that. But, you know, um, they were saying during the commentary how gun moves like a, a middleweight. And uh, I mean, we're seeing that a lot. You look at, we're seeing that a lot. And like Steve Miocic is that guy too. he, you know he he does you don't look at you, you don't look at him and think heavyweight but then you see him beat all the heavyweights and defenses that he's done um which is funny because another thing that uh I don't know I, I mean we all know Brett Alkamoto's the guy that the that Dana White in the UFC taps now for their first uh reports and stuff like that um he put up a video just before the fight of of Francis what getting ready to watch this and Ngannou said something along the lines. And this is in my seven, the, the link to it is in my seven takeaways piece, but which of course I can't play for you because ESPN will hit us. Um I know I keep mentioning it, but I just think it's so stupid. It's marketing for you. It's, it's only going to make people like want to watch your stuff more, but whatever. Um, the, uh, he said that technically these guys were fighting for the number two spot because steep is number one, since he, he's the one that lost the title. Um. So before we look at the results, we got to jump into. So Dana White is already sold on making this, gun uh, and Ganu fight happen. Um, someone asked him about John Jones because you know we all thought we were going to get John Jones versus some heavyweight, whether it had been Francis and gano Derek Lewis, somebody. And money is an issue. Um, that could be why this whole interim situ- situation. We don't know the the what happens in the and on the business end of things, as, as much as we speculate and everybody writes conspiracy theories and stuff like that, one thing Dana White does say at every, at every press conference is that we don't know the fight business, and we really don't really know the best. It's not something you can go to school for. You just have to watch it evolve. Um, and um, the only reason why I say he's right most of the time is because of all the money they make and how popular it is so if it if it if anybody was right about anything you know damning or whatever then we, we would see them take some hits um but anyway that's I'm, I'm getting off my point um i think this is just me spitballing again because i don't know the fight business either i think uh so the person that asked about the john jones thing um because jones tweeted your champion 2022 Dana White was like at the post-fight press conference, and we have a link to that. You can check it out here too. And he says, um, "I'm not fighting until 2020 or champion 2022." And Dana White was like, "John Jones is not fighting until 2022." So I wouldn't be surprised if we get John Jones and Stipe Stepe fighting while this fight happens with Gunn and and Ngannou. Um, that's just planting seeds for so you already have like two or three money fights looking ahead, which is if you look at that war room with the Sun Tzu quotes and stuff that Dana White always talks about fights and they have the stuff on the wall that he refers to from, that's probably what they have on that wall. And this is, again, I'm speculating people. I'm a little, little asshole in New Jersey that doesn't know Jack about the business. Like Dana White says, but it would be fun if that did happen. Right. Um, fun fights to make. um, This uh, this is one I got wrong. Uh, the fight with Vicente Luque versus Michael Chiesa, the Darsh choke, Bravo choke, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I think we have that up here. If not, yeah, it's up there. I can't play it for you. Like, you know why? But the um, he calls out Kamaru Usman, and we have a reaction piece to that up on MMAnews.com as well. But um, the thing about leading up to this submission here that happened um i i thought Kiesa could win by decision just because of his experience and stuff like that cuz i actually saw them pretty even when i was doing my research to submit my picks to the outlets that i write for i saw them pretty even at, in the grappling department i was surprised that it went to the ground um because of that i thought i thought it would i thought it usually when two fighters are uh equally skilled at one part of the mixed martial arts that they're really good at they they defer to something else. Um, a great example is probably one you're gonna you know give me crap on or troll me on or whatever. But if you look at like uh, when Heather Hardy and Anna Huloton fought in Bellator, there but they both came from boxing. They're both boxers, and they both said, "Hey, let's screw the striking part. And let's see who's better at these other parts of mixed martial arts." And you know we saw <clears throat> them do that. They got booed during that event. I covered it for sure. I wrote a piece on it over at Sherdog. But um, the point being is I thought I thought that's what was going to happen here. I thought they would say, all right, let's not grapple each other. Let's not turn this into a jiu-jitsu competition or uh, submission-only thing. you know. But that's not what happened. They went to the ground, and I already thought I was going to be right because it looked like Chiesa took Luke's back, face-cranked him. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember how they got reversed or how they got to a scramble. Hmm. And even if I do play this highlight for you, you're not going to see the scramble where he sets it up because there's one angle when Lucas sinks in the 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 arm, the choking, what I call the choking arm, to to get to the choke. He, um, you see the both hands come up like this. So I thought he just had Kiesa's uh, neck. So I thought it was going to be like that ninja choke that we've seen in like the PFL and in Bellator. I can't remember the fighters' names that did it, and this was 2019. Um, but they, it, it made submission of the year contender highlight reels and stuff like that, So, which is like a rear nega choke just from the front of the neck. And I thought that's what we were going to see there, but I didn't even know that he had the arm in for the Darce. Um, which is funny because that's, that's usually someone with Michael Chiesa's frame. That's like a, a nice submission for a guy like that when you have long arms and, and you're lanky and stuff like that. Um, but he got it in, and uh, I – uh, he was doing all of the right things to defend it, but Luque in turn was doing all the right things to make sure it, it was in. And I was a little surprised that, that that submission happened, especially it looked like they were trading choke for choke. And, and, um, you know, I know we also had the, the, the response that, cause it was almost, uh, 40 minutes afterwards, you know, towards the, towards the main event time of the fight that, uh, Kiesa put up a, a social media post, like addressing the loss and stuff like that. Um, And this was another fight that was a rematch that I I kind of was hoping, again, because of my parlay, I thought that uh, I really did think that uh, Angela Hill, because you you think about, I forget, what is it, 2015 that they first fought, or last fought, or whatever it was, and I I just thought, I I thought it, both of them had evolved so much, especially Angela Hill, because when you look at, uh, when she lost to her, when Hill first lost to Torres, she was like out from the UFC. She goes to Victor. She goes and wins the title, and Victor comes back, and you know, she just seemed to be the better fighter. And she and her losses were decision losses, even to the fighters that was arguably you know some she should have won, leading back up to her you know climb up in um climbing back up to uh to main event in the UFC or main event main card in the UFC. So she lost unanimous decision. Listen, I there's points where I thought she did well, but um. What are you going to do? Um, you know, Tessia Torres, I guess, has her number. And 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 uh, again, she lost by decision. You know, that's just an opinion. And if we look, you know, there's a lot can be said about judging in mixed martial arts. and Never mind the location, just overall. Uh, we had um, Fernando Gonzalez on the podcast that I do, Coast to Coast Combat Hour this week. I'm going to be writing a piece for another outlet about that. But he commented... Uh, Especially when you hear from a fighter for someone that's fighting as long as him or where i mean you you wonder when the, when is mma judging going to improve Or and my question to him was how do how do we fix it how do we improve it and um you know we improve it by uh by again uh, maybe getting some former you know folks that have enough experience to recognize these these fights and, and things like that under their belt to be judges and officials Oddly enough, I, mean, I said I was covering a regional event uh, over at another outlet. Frank Trigg was refereeing uh, the, some of those events at the uh, Cage Warriors thing that I mentioned at the top of this. Chris Lieben wasn't a referee, so it's happening. We just have to give it time. You got to remember, MMA is is, is uh, what twenty eight years old now. Um, it's so it's in comparison to boxing and other combat sports, it's it's fairly young still. So we just got to give it time, but. um and this one was one I got right, uh Song Yadong uh defeating Casey Kenny by split decision. It was another one that was uh another fight that I was entertained by. But if this is if if I had to pick a most entertaining fight off of this card, it was this one right here. Bobby Green and Ra- and Rafael Fiziev. Again, we got the interview with Fiziev uh up on the enemynews.com YouTube channel. Um he had a funny call out he called out Hosbollah, the little fellow over in dagestan that's f- popular with the mma community i hope i s- said that correct enough to not offend anybody with the uh, pc terms or whatever um but he calls out hosbela which was hilarious to me the daniel Cormier puts a microphone in your face and and you know you you were the top of the espn you know bleeding into the pay per view and, and that's what you come two with with the microphone. I just thought that was funny, but uh, you know, uh, so Got to get entertainment out of this. Um and then uh this is one I got wrong. Jessica Penny versus uh Carolina Koval where she got submitted by armbar in round 1. Um apparently I was stupid on that one because a, a lot of folks saw th- this happening. I don't know why. I guess because of Car- uh uh Carolina's you know, past and the rivalry she had, you know, fighting Joanna and stuff like that. I, I just for some reason I thought she had enough to uh, to uh, pull off a, a victory. Um, and uh, oh, this was a good the prelims. Somebody commented that how empty the, the arena was in in Houston. Like folks that were there, um, I don't understand, especially with the price of UFC tickets, how you get you pay that much money. And you only show up for the main card, or like you know, I know folks like to tailgate and drink, but but you, but you could tailgate and drink it out in front of your place, you know what I mean? Like, like if, if I'm gonna pay what is the average UFC, I guess depending on where it is, like you look at the Connor, I think the cheapest uh, the cheapest uh, tickets were like 500 bucks or something ridiculous like that. But if you're paying UFC ticket prices to go to an event, I went. I have in the past, and i I'd be damned if I missed the first fight. I'm watching first fight to the very last fight if if I pay that price, so, but um, cause these folks that did that, they missed some really, really good prelims. First of all, Manel cop, that that the, this fight, flying knee knockout, um, it's not on uh we only got the main card stuff on here, but it's definitely go to UFC's uh, social media. you you can hear the knee. Land on Osborne's chin where he drops him. Um, Osborne looked like he disputed it a little bit or whatever. I mean, but that was uh, that was a Ryzen level finish. And if you if you weren't following Manel Cop's career, he came from uh, Ryzen Fighting Federation over in Japan. So that was something you, the folks that old school fans that love Japanese MMA stuff like that you see, you know, more often than not over there. Um, that's definitely gonna up him. he's he's gonna be moving up on, on whatever card they put him on next. He'll he'll definitely be on like the ESPN port, like this part of the card versus the prelims again. Um and then the uh this fight right here. Um the knockout in round two was pretty I mean TKO, you know, they call it technical knockout, knockout. I mean, I'm always on the uh i'm always on defense when 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 these knockouts same thing like this one that that i just talked about you know because uh and i guess that's where the referee comes in where they have to make the best judgment call because you you know you don't want somebody to it it, it is combat sports and you don't want somebody to get brain damage or whatever so um uh i wanted to we got about six minutes left and uh, there's something in combat sports where they're talking about knockouts. so this is a good segue into it that uh, i'm which i can bring up to highlight because i'm not going to play the sound but it it made the rounds um let me remove this so we can bring this highlight up uh talking about combat sports and knockouts and things like that um when i woke up yesterday be that fight they uh there was a a highlight reel from the olympics making the rounds of, of someone so there's a fighter that an Olympic karate that knocked out his opponent and uh, the losing in your, I'm just going to play it for you before I get into it. This one we can just watch. You don't need to hear sound on it. So here it is. You see it playing on the loop here over and over again. This knockout, if you're watching it and you're not a fan of Olympic karate, um, you would think the the gentleman in the uh, red belt gloves and and foot pads won that fight. He did not. The guy dropped unconscious on the mat is the guy that got the gold medal for this fight, for this competition. And it's one it's it's one of the things when you when you're talking about you know I was talking about the baddest man on the planet and rule sets and things like that. Um, if this obviously if this happens in the UFC. Or karate combat. If you don't watch karate combat, I recommend you go to karate.com, look it up. Um Josh Kohagan fought in MMA. He he's uh holds a the title there. Um that's one of the things that in in combat sports when when martial arts start transitioning to sports, there's things I don't know where they come up with these rules, but there's things that happen that makes folks wonder what the hell. Are you doing, or who, wh- when you were writing these rules? I mean, it, martial arts inception. No matter what your disciplinary style was, a lot of it came out of wartime. That's why they call it martial arts. Um, it was life or death. So when you, when we water them down over time in the years, and martial arts evolve, techniques get better. But when it transitions to a sport, and something like this happens, um, you know, it's it almost hurts the art that it came from. Um, I don't know why mixed martial arts is not an Olympic event. Uh, there's people that have been trying to get it to happen, but when you see something like this happen, it makes you wonder do you really want that to happen to MMA? Um, like are they going to make it to the point? Where, so, like in amateur mixed martial arts in New Jersey, when if a fight starts in, the knockouts are allowed and stuff like that, but when it goes to the ground, there's you're it pretty much turns into a grappling competition. Um, I know not every place is like that, so I'm just referring to what I've seen a lot here. But this this thing that happened here, um, you know, especially for karate enthusiasts, of which I consider myself my my first love, you know, as a child of the 80s growing up, I've trained Ishin Ryu Karate for 11 years. I hold a brown belt sitting over there in Ishin Ishin Roo Karate. Um, it's one of those things that that it's almost insulting to the art when you know these guys train for for an art that was, you know, self defense, life or death or whatever what have you and then um it becomes a sport and then, you know, you get you get penalized for training what what you've put in 10 11 years of your life, you know, some of these guys are lifetime karate guys, karate enthusiasts tra- um so I hope that man um i did get his name i read the article and and the the you can see the representation of the countries in the in that graphic in that video there but it's just something that needs to be brought up because um you know in mma that would have been a win and then the global platform that is the olympics you know and you then you wonder why certain sports aren't as popular the sports that I mean, there's sports that get in trouble of being removed from the olympics And then they add stuff in that that's just doesn't make any sense. So to me, that didn't make any sense. And I I know uh, mmanews.com gives me the platform to talk about combat sports news here. So I figured that was worth mentioning because, uh, you know, you liken that to like there's there's uh, if you look at the if we if we look at the bantamweight situation in the UFC, you know, this is this is the side of the fence where folks that. Again, this is not Aljamain Sterling's fault. He didn't ask for that decision to happen. Um, you know the whole thing with him and Peter Young, but this is similar to that, where where Peter Young. I mean, it was, it, the rules in MMA that down lee was illegal. So the rules say Sterling deserves it. But um, I'm just bringing it up because when you when you uh, when you start adding these rules that change what martial arts is about, like if that was in Bryson, I'm sorry. I believe like a one championship. If that was a one title fight then Jan would be the champion and so that's where folks are starting to have the the argument. And then uh, I'm just bringing this up because it seemed to be uh trending and popular on Saturday. And um sometimes it's time to re- to reevaluate reassess rules for for how how titles change hands. You got to remember all these guys including these guys that put their lives in and to compete in the Olympics and karate, um, Al Jermaine, Peter Yan, all those guys, you know, they, they, they dedicate a, a fair amount of their life, their time to make this their livelihood. And, and we put time into watch. So maybe, maybe some, something should be done or research should be done to, to say, let's look at the rules again and see how, how we can fix it. So, um, but that's pretty much it. I just had to, to put that in because that was something that was bothering me all weekend. So that's it for this Sunday. Um, We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for those that are watching. Make sure you check out MMANews.com for all the uh, results and details and all the post-fight stuff and reactions of UFC 265. If you like this content and the interviews we do up at the MMANews.com YouTube channel, make sure you do the thumbs-up bell notification so you can get the notification for new content. And if you like uh, and you want to check out any of the stuff I do, make sure you give me a follow on... Twitter at CarBasil, where I streamed this when I first recorded, it before it hits the MMANews.com YouTube channel. So enjoy the rest of your Sunday, folks. Thank you for watching and tuning in.